Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al-Hamamsi from Middle East Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world Where everyone's voice could be heard and listened Every week we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S&OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.com .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. And our yes. uh, guest today is Dr. Yahya Labib. So Yahya Labib is the customer care and logistics director for Mars, Middle East and Africa. He played the end-to-end game inside the supply chain, just from inside the make, the factory, plan side, including demand planning, supply planning, and material planning. And if I talk about the delivery side, and return side, including logistics and customer service. This is just beside his electrifying experience across multinational companies with different cultures. Companies like Unilever, Coca-Cola, and Morse in Middle East and Africa. He had the chance to uh, lead S&OP across North, uh, North Africa, Levant countries, and G- GCC countries. He has, I'm telling you, unbeatable experience in managing cross-functional behaviors inside the organization by his extensive business experience. He was involved in revamping and redesigning the S&OP implementation five times in the Middle East. Can you just imagine with me five times? Uh, um, I keep saying that we have today a movable encyclopedia with us today. So may I ask you, and as usual, please let's welcome Together, Dr. Yahya Labib. And before just welcoming Yahya, let's give him the normal applause. Dr. Yahya. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. We are so glad to have you today. As I said that we have today uh, an movable encyclopedia because of your amazing experience. And I know that many people, they are waiting for this episode since a long time. Welcome to the show, Yahya. Thank you, Jensen. And actually, uh, very humbled by your kind words. I hope uh, so you're raising the bar. So, uh, so I hope this uh, this session adds value to your uh, to your guests and audiences, and um, yeah, um, I hope uh, I hope we have a great session. 
move the wheel by this question. I think it's yes. a very broad question. We'll ask it, yeah. which is around our topic. <laughs> Why does S and OP fail? Easy. Yeah, simple very one. Easy. Very easy. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So, so actually, so I'll I'll, I'll start with uh, with uh, with maybe taking a step back. So so why actually organizations uh, uh, put in place SNOP or embrace SNOP? And that's a question I, I, when I have a discussion with a friend who's implementing in a company, in an organization, I ask him, so why are you doing it? Because when you take the, the, the decision to implement SNOP, that's, that's a crucial decision. And, and, and it mm -hmm. means you're actually shifting the whole style of work. So putting in place SNOP, I don't want to dwell a lot on the process and details, but just to, for the sake of time, but, but you're actually, you're gonna manage your business with this process. And that's the, the first, actually the first element that you need to be conscious about because otherwise you will have two, two parallel processes or three parallel processes or four parallel processes. <laughs> so by signing in for SNOP, you're actually saying, you know what, this is going to be my backbone process. This is how I will deploy my strategy. This is how I will revisit and assess how I'm doing against my strategy. So this is the, this is the starting point. So if you go to a, a step further, so to do that, you need three important elements. So you need the process, of course, you need the data that, that helps you to run this process. And of course you need the people and under people comes a lot of things like you touched on Ahmed. So behaviors, capabilities, talent, etc. And all of those come under an umbrella of strategy. So where do we want to head? And accordingly, these are the pillars that you, that you use. So basically, if one of those pillars is not working, this fails. So I'm trying to simplify mm -hmm. it as much as possible. So I'll okay. give examples. If you talk data, do you have what it takes in terms of uh, uh, demand planning? Do you have the right demand planning elements that enables you to, to provide the right outlooks that would enable you to take the right decisions? That's number one. Uh, do you have the right horizon? You have the data and, and accordingly the systems that would help you have like a, a two year, three year rolling outlook. So that's another element because one of the key characteristics you need to look four months and beyond. Mm. So it's a medium yeah. long term process. So if you get trapped into short term, then you're not doing anything. <laughs> and more important, do we have the right means of assessing our assumptions that we use to build those plans and data? Mm -hmm. So that's very important because again, you, you need to implement a process or actually organizations need a process that would be dynamic and quick in taking decisions. So if you take time to crunch data and you take time to, to, to find the data, then you're not actually, you're, you're putting a burden on the organization. And there's, very, there's a very important element. You have the forums of SNOP, that's the stage. This is where you go on stage. It's like a, a show, but then you have the backstage, which is the feeders. Mm -hmm. going into those uh, and that's these are processes in itself these are the details and that's the cooking of the process when you put a design so if the feeders are not working then you know what you don't have the right output and accordingly you might end into having uh, um, 
more of a info sharing forum that's not yeah. adding any value while one of the key characteristics you need to actually decide take decisions so those are decision making processes and forums so basically you need to find if i'm sitting and chairing i'm the owner of this forum if i'm a sales director or i'm a supply chain director i need to sit in my review getting proposals and records and accordingly taking decisions so how can you build the data and your feeders to enable this decision making process and then comes the interesting and 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 uh, an important part people yes. so people is, is very important and um, i would tell you like 70% of success of a process of SNOP implementation or a process is basically on people and behaviors and 30% on design and, and data. Mm -hmm. That's based on my personal humble experience. You can have the best process, you can have the best uh, um, software. data, software, mm -hmm. etc. But then if you have the wrong behaviors, the wrong discipline, exactly. And the wrong and by people here, I'm not only talking. By the way, because the classical thing we would go into, you know what, management doesn't believe and uh, no people <laughs> yeah. involves everyone. Yeah. People involves how management are empowering SNOP because it starts mm. with empowering SNOP and believing in SNOP. Because I've seen it in different uh, examples, you might need to tick the box of having this process, but then actually you don't believe in it. You actually run the business in other meetings mm -hmm. or in corridor talks. Yes. And then you have the people element of being disciplined, being capable, and trained the right way. So those are the pillars uh, uh, in, in a nutshell. And, and, and again, you need to provide benefit to the organization and show a benefit for the organization to believe. And accordingly, it's a two-way thing. So if people and management see that you actually are adding benefit by whatever you're putting in place, then you start to get buy-in. And mm -hmm. accordingly, when you get buy-in, you get engagement, and accordingly, you start to improve. And, but but the, the, the most important thing and the, the, the classical trap that happens is people think that SNOP is responsible for numbers. SNOP is not responsible for numbers. SNOP is actually a tool to enable you Enabler, to assess mm. your plans, to assess your strategy, and to correct course. So it provides you visibility of your gaps, gap closure exactly. recommendations, and uh, uh, um, where are we in terms of plan? And actually, uh, SNP might indicate that you have a wrong plan in place in the first place. This doesn't mean that the process is not working. It's actually, <laughs> you need to visualize it as a GPS. It's a GPS that tells you, you know what, you're not moving in the right direction. You need to correct course. Or something major might have happened to assumptions. Not necessarily the plan is wrong. Something like COVID. No one predicted COVID. So you cannot say, I mean, it's a process thing. It gives yeah. you an indication and accordingly uh, you correct course. So that's a nutshell. I'll, um, I hope this, this answers your question. And back to you guys. Wonderful. Wonderful, Yahya. I think that everything that you have said, it's putting in into one place, which is people. If we come back, as I said at the beginning, it's easy to blame the process. It's easy to blame the technology. It's, it's easy to, to blame the softwares used. But the, the last thing that it's hard to blame is ourselves. And I'll give you just an example. 
uh, one of the, the resistance, if the I see the executives, they don't take the sponsorship for the S&OP, it will never work. Why? Everything, everyone will blame the 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 S&OP process, the process itself. And when it comes to uh, just giving a direction without listening, and I see it, I, I see it from real power, people they need to listen, and especially the executives. Sometimes that uh, I know I understand the pressure is coming top down, but if people up they don't listen to the people that they are running the tactical decisions, they are running the operations, you will never reach to your strategy. And at the end of the day, if you don't listen easily, if this is the target. I will build my plans accordingly based on your target that I will not show you the gaps, which you cannot work in a proactive way. You will be in a reactive way. Once it happened, we will start questioning why it happened and we, we come in this closed loop. So I see it, everything, as you said, it's all about people. If you listen, if you understand, if you give clarity, if you just observe people and give them the direction, and keep it keep it along the way everything will be on the right way but just blaming the process it's easy everyone can blame the process it will never work so totally 100%, totally. Totally. 100%. that's that's uh, that's 100% yeah yeah it was very comprehensive answer hard to add to it but i'll add like you said the culture of the company is very important the vision of the company if the company doesn't have a vision it will not uh, it will not uh, work and the culture as i said is very important uh, some companies a lot of silos breaking the silos it's very hard through this uh, uh sponsorship like i'm saying from the management uh, trying to change their uh, their behavior the way they are doing uh, the plan so to uh, convince them that snop is not coming here to to like uh, judge them or judge their uh, capabilities it's an enabler like you said enabler to uh, to achieve the plan or to show the gps like you said to show them the direction the right direction how to reach uh, the numbers how to how to make it happen actually exactly. actually 100 and and actually mm -hmm. a build on what you said is uh, actually snop can help you change the culture in any organization yes so if you if you stick to the behaviors and the concepts and 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 and, and what actually the right behaviors to run this process this actually changes mindsets and i would i would take for example uh, silos you touched on silos yeah if you if you actually push the organization and the culture to work in a collaborative way by having these forums and making sure that data is shared in a transparent way because that's a very yes. important element very back important. to ahmed's point on yeah. you know what um, i have a target i'll not mention any risks or gaps i'll just yes. put the number <laughs> and that's it so if you actually stick to those behaviors you would actually change any culture it's a mean mm. of changing your culture into yeah. the right way. However, as you rightly said, it needs to be embraced uh, by, by management and accordingly um, it will flow. But then if, what if management embraces and it doesn't work because sometimes it happens and that's yeah. something that we need, we need to be conscious of. Exactly. So they would believe, but then you start putting in place stuff that is very complicated that is more of info sharing versus decision making and is not helping so automatically you would actually move from engagement to disengagement of your audience and accordingly you lose uh, and it becomes a redundant i mean you 
it becomes right. two parallel processes. It becomes a burden on on your on your employees or on your teams, and accordingly, it doesn't work. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So I think that we have many questions. First question. We we'll jump one, into yeah. the first question. Yes, our friend Aleju, he is asking. Do you think the uh, key points, data downloaded, and the strategy, uh, or tactic decisions, is talking about these two? So, so maybe maybe if we can elaborate more, just to make sure I answer well. So, is it? I mean, is it strategic or tactical? I think yeah, this is what yeah. he means. I think strategy versus tactical decisions. Where should Actually, we both. go? Yeah. Actually, both. So SNOP takes both tactical and strategic decisions because you need to take tactical decisions that would really affect your strategy. So they're both linked. You need to take tactical and, and by tactical, but you need to stick to the right horizon. And that's the important thing. Mm -hmm. So because sometimes the, the, what we, <laughs> the trap we fall in, you take tactical within this month. That's not SNOP. Yeah. That's short-term management of our... <laughs> or maximum next month, for example. Exactly. Next month, plan. Yeah. Exactly. But tactical stuff, I would give an example of a tactical. So you have competition who are, who are doing something. So you would need to think long term how we will come back there. This might be within this year. So this might be within the coming eight months or nine months. So that's something that's very tactical. You might take some uh, like uh, readjust. Yes. Readjust. Mm. But uh, mm. but yeah, the, the, the simple the, the short answer is tactical and uh, strategic. Exactly, because at the end of the day, yes, and the OP, it's you have a strategy at the top, right? And you have operations, and S and OP, it is all the defined tactical decisions that you are taking to connect the strategy with the operations, which at Spot the end on. of the day, it's demand bridge, and supply balancing. Yes, the balancing bridge. the demand supply. Just this is yeah. at the end of the day. Again, and this is yes. where you assess your strategy, by the way. If you find that you're taking tactical decisions that are not in line or linked to your strategy, then you know what? You need to revisit <laughs> your strategy. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes the ego, ego of companies, they don't uh, do that. You know, it's very hard for them to like to change their strategy or admit that they need to change their, their vision. So sometimes equals. Uh, it's a hundred percent, but yeah. it's you know it's a balance. So so it's also so um, it, it's not hundred percent right to change your strategy with the first yeah. challenge. Yes, uh, exactly. But it, it's very important. I mean, it's a thin line between you know what I is the strategy working or not. So giving it time, mm. and as you rightly said, having the ego or not admitting that we have an issue <laughs> with our strategy. Yes. So, so that's that's it's it's a bit. Yeah, I mean, I I I feel for for like executive GMs and CEOs because within these times that we're facing, it's it's not, these things are very yeah. dynamic. Yes. Uh, but definitely, it needs uh, it needs a bit of humbleness in terms of yes. uh, assessing where are we heading and we taking the right decision. Thank you, Yahya. Thank you, Ahmed. We'll jump into the next question. Let's go from our lovely brother Ahmed. So he's That's asking, good. yes, uh, he's asking one of the uh, famous issues which breaks the S and OP process is any organization poor demand and planning inputs. The question here, how to solve this issue? Yahya Labib and Ahmad Khaled and Ahmad Hamamsi as well. Thank you, Ahmad. Yeah. Who will go first? Our expert, Yahya, go first. For sure. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so, uh, so I would say uh, SNOP is a mean of identifying the issue in demand planning. So actually, you can use SNOP to put the spotlight on demand planning and accordingly find resolution and take the right action. Because within the process, you would show, you know what, we we agreed on, on certain numbers or this was the agreed number, but we didn't achieve because we didn't forecast well. So, so accordingly, demand would be, issues would be visible and accordingly, you take actions. Uh, taking actions on demand planning, we need to, I mean, separate between SNOP and demand planning. It's like you have issues within supply planning. Mm -hmm. It's like you have issues within uh, logistics management. Uh, that's something that needs to be tackled separately. I can definitely can say a lot on how to fix demand planning, but this would would, would <laughs> consume some of the time. But the short <laughs> answer is uh, you identify the gap based on your forecast accuracy, bias, and how you're performing. And accordingly, you put the action plan to improve demand planning, similar to any area that needs uh, improvement. 100%. Yeah, 100%. definitely, definitely. I'll take to Manzalawi also some points, as Yahya said, maybe for demand planning, maybe focus on the 80-20, always it works for uh, make sure that you put the right product classification, look at where you are forecasting on which level, on, product family level or on country level uh, look at the communication between marketing sales and uh, the planning uh, department demand planning how long how much how many times they are talking what is the communication level between them what is the activities happening what is the percentage of the new product uh, in, in your forecast all these things and try to classify your uh, your forecasting accuracy and uh, to focus in order to 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 improve your uh, your forecasting okay. accuracy these are some of the key points quickly as yahya said it's a it's a topic that can take uh, five episodes for example i know <laughs> yes so I'll, I'll tell you my humble uh, just uh, experience at that point i believe if you're talking about poor demand planning inputs fix the capability of your demand planning because again i see i see from humble experience if you have a capable demand planning your category and your business will be somewhere else if you have a poor uh, demand planning capabilities i'm telling it will be working like pipeline whatever in it will be out so uh, my humble advice start by fixing the fundamentals just before doing anything fix the fundamentals uh, I'll tell you from experience, if you have a company that is running by 70% uh, promotional intensity and 30% as a baseline, your historical sales will not solve any problem. So the phasing of your activities will shape your demand and influence your demand 100%. So don't rely too much on the history. And this is one of the pitfalls that I see from demand planning. They rely only in, the, in, in just the history. This is one. So run your baseline agree by which level, at which level you are running it, format level, uh, uh, family level, category level, whatever brand level, so whatever you will agree with your sales department. I don't know how it's structured. Is it regional? Is it by channel? Whatever. But you have to keep the accountability of baseline and uh, just the, the sales baseline by, uh, I would say, family and uh, the channel, let's say, run it. And this is the fundamental. You just have the carpet that you can speak about. This is the, just the fixing the base. And then inside your S and OP, you can speak about the activities. And 
from my also experience, you have to have a tracking separately, your regular sales with the activity sales. If you don't have this activity sales, you will be annihilated beneath the challenge that you have and you will not have an accurate data. So fix the fundamentals, put the baseline, keep the accountability, speak with people, understand the strategies, understand that your activities by, by channel, by whatever uh, forecasting unit you have. And from that point, you can assess your forecast accuracy and understand what happened in the past and rectify it in the future. This is just my humble advice. And just uh, one, one, one tip for demand planning: don't go into much details. The more, exactly. the, the, deep, the deeper the levels, the higher the error. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't do not do it very top line. But then you need to assess based on your organization and 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 how you manage the the, the process. But uh, going into more data, 100%. people think that it would add value. It actually adds. Less value. 100%. And just, just to add the, to your point, it's valid 100% because, again, if you can see the accumulated forecast errors on SQ level, you see it's too much. Okay. But again, definitely, if we think about it, we are doing the forecast at a family level or a format level at a channel level, let's say. I'm just assuming that. If the forecast at this level is biased, definitely the SQs under this format, it will be biased. Yeah, so yeah, of course. <laughs> we did this and I, I know this from my friends across many companies. You will see that 100% from the uh, forecast error on SQ level, 80% from it, if you you will be able to fix it, if you fix it at the forecasting unit that you talk about it with the, the sales, not the SQ level. So don't, as you said, don't dig deep into SQ level because you will, be, you will not understand what's happening. Fix the fundamentals in your S and OP. Drive the accountability. Don't overcomplicate the process. This is just uh, the beginning, I say. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, I think we have many questions. Yeah, we'll jump uh, into. So. Yes, we'll jump. For sure, our friend Amr Al Mansouri. Out of experience, what are your views on SNOP team reporting line into supply chain versus into commercial slash sales? Very, very, very good question. Coming in for a, from a strong leader, I am. Yeah. So, um, so I think uh, um, the short answer, I believe SNOP needs to be reporting directly into the CEO, the GM. So ah, that's yes. the, the most. I mean, Excellent. the most yes. uh, the most reliable setup uh, or the most beneficial setup, because yes. SNOP needs to gain its uh, power and empowerment from the yes. top management. So that's 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 that would be the, the 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 best option. I would say the second best option would be supply chain. Yeah. Um, I mean, if if, uh, if that's not uh, happening, then supply chain would be the second best option, basically because supply chain are usually taking care of stocks, taking care of accuracy. Accuracy hurts them and, and not achieving hurts supply exactly. chain. So basically, mm -hmm. they would be keen for SNOP to, uh, to succeed. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I'm not for having it on the seats. On the seats. because there are no no good leaders yeah. in the seats, but but um, uh, it's I, I mean to bias. avoid the conflict of interest. Big bias, yeah, big bias and conflict, and uh, I like this question a lot because uh, usually uh, when it is under, if it, the likes you like you said, the best is to be directly reporting to the CEO and the CEOs involved. And he is uh, pushing the process to work if it's the first time for the process to work and creating the discipline of the process and empowering the SNOP team so that uh, everybody knows that this SNOP team is there to run the process and is there. It's not biased uh, to to the supply chain functional uh, uh, goals and to the sales uh, goals. So that's why the best the best is a separate. Uh, it's like a separate entity in the, in the organization. Maybe, like you said, yes, I, I run it uh, through, of course, supply chain because supply chain have knowledge about supply and demand. They have knowledge about capacities, usually sales. They don't have knowledge about capacities, about constraints, about all that. So when demand planning is working with supply chain and they, they have the, both the knowledge, the commercial side and the supply side, so they can create the, the balance between demand and supply. But again, Sometimes uh, this happens also, there are goals, uh, there are bias between the goals and supply chain that uh, this is, we don't want to report this, we don't want to show this. So again, it's for me, like you said, it's a separate entity that's directly reporting to CEOs, the best uh, option. Yes. Thank you, Yahya. Thank you, Ahmed. I think we missed uh, our friend, Marwa. So she is asking, uh, within the current volatility in the supply chain, covid rebel effect, how to move an organization from focusing primarily on short-term to medium into long-term focus? Yes, very good question. Very good, uh, good question. For, um, again, uh, um, I would, I would, I would say, uh, I would actually, I would say something that might be a surprise uh, for for some of the audience. But uh, taking COVID as an example, not not the current situation, but I would say. The time when COVID hit us last year, at the yeah. peak of it, this was a time. It was not the time of SNOP in general. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this was the time to say, you know what? We will not play SNOP. We need to put it aside now, and we need to work Excuse. very, very short term mm-hmm. and tactical, reactive, and, mm-hmm. and reactive, because mm-hmm. this was an unprecedented situation that no one exactly. faced before uh, in the globe. So, so. Back then, this was the right thing to do. And I was actually doing SNOP back then, and the focus was shifted into more tactical short-term. I'm, I didn't yeah. invest much mm-hmm. uh, into thinking longer term. Until we built the intelligence and the, the assumptions and some trends based on what's happening, took around three, four, five months, we started to predict and we started to focus on medium longer term uh, so that's that's again how to move it from focusing on short term to medium long term so if it's something like covid because here in Mario's question it's more of covid oh. the first the first route was basically focus short term and forget about longer term now exactly but then once we build assumptions and understanding of what's happening and we build some trends we start shifting gradually into medium long term and it takes some change of mindset so again this requires the the 
the SNOP person who's leading to orchestrate this. So when are we going to shift this and how? Because otherwise you would be trapped in the short term for yes. good. So how you can, you know what? We will do this now because it's a medium long term and we don't know the medium long term. Let's do this now. And mm. once we build our strategies, we start building for the future. Mm. Perfect. You can hear me? Hello? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Can can I give you something, uh, Yahya, Marish? Sure. I think it's an amazing <laughs> answer. It's, yes. it's to the point. If you allow me just to add something under what the umbrella that you have said, it's when COVID-19 specifically just uh, attacked the, all the businesses, I think two if we're talking about the short term, as you said, that we are being reactive, two things that the business sh uh, were looking at, at it. One, securing the cash flow. Two, making sure that the business continuity is along the way. So this is just from the short term, third term plan. So when we have these challenges, all the organization, most organizations, they were looking into collecting their cash in, in from their uh, the, the new cash, I would say, even from their customers to make sure that they, they can continue. And at the same time, they were, as you said, they were more near into the, the, the consumer even and shopper to understand what's going on because this is something new. They don't understand how it looks like and how it, it would run. Part from the long term, I think the most resilient organization and the most flexible organization, they got learned. They got many learnings from that that we are all vulnerable, especially supply chain will be always vulnerable. So how you can respond and how you can shift your long-term strategy, to give you like an example in that point, which is shifting from globalization somehow into localization and globalization somehow, because this will make sure that even if you have at a tier one supplier, tier two, tier three, if it's, it's not local supplier, but you will have some buffer to respond inside your country if, if without any barriers and the cross borders. So I think many organizations, they uh, uh, optimize or just they try to balance between their margins games and their inventory games and their cash flow. So going from globalization into localization. And I see many organizations, they took this decision since long time once they understand what's happening with their COVID-19, they start to localize. They invest too much with their uh, supplier localization, but they need to make sure that their business continuity is along the way till uh, till the end. This is just 100 percent. Uh, and actually, what you said is a spot on example of changing strategies. So everyone changed exactly. strategies within this era. And, uh, <laughs> and it was a game of scenario planning. So I would exactly. say you, you've been putting scenarios and, and you know what, if this happens, <laughs> we're going to push this button. If this happened, we're going to push this button. Yes. This was the best that can be done. And, and as you rightly said, there were a lot of shifts in terms of suppliers, in terms of how we manage business. Yeah, it was also, I think, game of flexibility for some organizations. I like that some organizations started to focus too much online or they were already starting online because they have 
uh, risk management and they have uh, like uh, adopting new technologies they are uh, they are fast in adopting new technologies and this saved some uh, businesses uh, big time and actually some of course uh, multiplied their business uh, during uh, covid and some who are not active online actually vanished the, the some uh, businesses closed because they were not active uh, online I'm talking especially in retail so it depends of course on, on the business and uh, this is a uh, kind of flexibility was very important during uh, covid for sure for sure yeah. Let's 100%. take another question. We have uh, a lot yes. of questions today. Our, yeah. our legend, Hassan Masri. <laughs> I answering. think he, he knows the answer. He should answer here, Hussein. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, Hussein is asking, what are the key interpersonal skills for a strong S&OP leader? How did you manage to deal with the different stakeholders? Yes, good one. Yeah, I think it's putting me under the spot. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, no, it's it's a really good question because um, you can have the best again. You can have the best process, the best everything, but but the SNOP leader plays a, a great role, and uh, and you need, I mean, you need certain capabilities and certain. Um, interpersonal skills that would actually enable doing this role so someone who's like a, a, a thought leader in a certain area might not be able to do these because exactly. it's a it's a role that require a lot of influence without authority so mm -hmm. you need to yes. be able to influence the whole organization so all all actually functions are your stakeholders and you're actually at equal distances from each and every one so you need to ensure that you have the right influence uh, without authority so that's very important number two you need uh, command skills and you need standing alone capabilities because you will step into crucial conversations most of the time so we we were just talking about numbers that are not coming numbers that do not make sense assumptions that do not make sense so again that's the role of the person who's leading this process to put the right discussions on so to put the elephant on the table in other words yeah. so you know what this is not working these numbers are not being achieved these numbers are not making sense so that's that's another important interpersonal skill um, a third and more uh, and very important thing is is you need to build trust so people need to trust not only your capabilities but need to trust your intentions and need to trust that whatever you're doing is 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 actually in the benefit of the business and you create the safe environment so that's very important because snp without a safe environment it becomes very tricky and, mm -hmm. and and people lose faith they lose faith in some in the person leading and in the process then yes. you're actually not adding any value so these are the uh, these are the main uh, uh, interpersonal skills of course with with the right communication skills so when when to communicate when to over communicate uh, um, what's the right way of communicating and cascading the information across the organization 100% 100% if you allow me just I'll add something new it's I think the S and OP leader, uh, if I can imagine this guy, he is a business psychologist by the meaning the a guy that he understand uh, the functions, how it operates. I would say the basics, finance, how it works and their personal interest, how it looks like uh, trade marketing, marketing, supply chain and sales, how it looks like. And this guy is playing 
a very collaborative way and understand the interest for each each one of them and how to translate this interest into one interest which is the game of the business the strategy itself so i'm saying i'm thinking just loudly this guy should be a business psychologist he understand how to play the games and how to play a bigger games with the with the strategy of the business and i think from also a humble point of view i see s and op leaders they are very good they are very good in a vertical relationship they are very good in just reporting to their bosses or the CEO or the MD or the VP and also their reportees, they are very good in managing this. But when it comes to the horizontal relationship, it's nothing. And at the end of the day, the S&OP leader, it's all about, as you said, communication. It's all about engagement. It's all about data. It's all about speed of data information. So I think it's all about communication. It's all about understanding people's interests and the, the, just to have a credibility and let be, people be bold to tell the truth and convert all of these challenges into opportunity to serve the business. 100% and 50% of it, of building this trust, uh, trust and credibility is actually, as you, as you said, if you're managing vertically only, and that's a classical issue mm. that, that SNOP leaders fall into. You basically you're the you're the voice of management, and if you're the voice yes. of management, you lose the whole organization. Trust me. So yeah. so Definitely. so if you if you if you manage to be standing alone, having your um, the right as you said the right vision in terms of you know what it's the benefit for everyone, and in a collaborative way, and making sure we put issues on the table and we resolve those, and you take the right stance when whenever needed, then automatically you have actually um, completed 50% of the journey because you have the buy-in of everyone. People will actually <laughs> help you succeed. Exactly. Thank yes, you and we said it's all about uh, people. Uh, you're right. So you need to to, to to build the trust with, with people. You don't need to just uh, be <laughs> another voice of, of, of top management. You're right, 100%. Definitely. Thank you, Yahya. Thank you, Ahmed, for your inputs. Uh, we'll jump into next. We have many questions. I hope that we can. I think we need uh, yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, definitely, we uh, if we cannot uh, catch uh, all the questions to our uh, lovely audience, we will be able to, they can uh, message Yahya or we will try to respond. We'll try to respond after definitely. the episode. 100%. We can actually yeah. take those questions, answer them and, and yes. reply back uh, to all of the audience. Mm -hmm. yes. Definitely. Thank you, Yahya and Ahmed. Uh, Aliju, our friend, is asking, what are the most KPIs to assess uh, S and OP accuracy? Good question. Good questions. Uh, good question. So, so basically, your first KPI is how are you doing versus your plan? So that's your first KPI. So you have your plan where it comes to revenue, it comes to your bottom line, it comes your, your, to your cash. So those are KPIs, financial KPIs that would let you know where are you heading and what, what are the gaps and, 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 and where are we heading. You have two important elements uh, back to the point on demand planning that affect how we're forecasting. So your forecast accuracy, your forecast bias, and how accurate your demand plans are. Those are important uh, accuracy KPIs. Um, and you have also uh, uh, the health of, of like, like we said, your strategy. So assessing your, the, your strategy 
and your your plans in terms of those strategy how they're linked and there should be regular reviews of our of how our strategies and how our we call it OGSM so your objectives are being met so projects objectives so these reviews need to uh, will give you an assessment of where where are we in terms of process and again it helps you identify your gap closure recommendations or we need to correct course from plan standpoint or we need to take a different route definitely definitely sure thank you yahya i think i have some troubles with my internet but <laughs> <Sorry>. i hope <laughs> i thought you were playing around with uh... no no not at all so don't <laughs> so <laughs> it's okay it's okay i, I apologize it's, uh, no no issues no issues so i will jump into the next question yes thank you yahya so ahmad qasim he's asking could we move the accountability of forecast from planning team uh, will sales to minimize uh, inaccurate forecast so i think it's uh, i think the question here is more to move demand planning into sales right uh, accountability of forecast from planning team with sales to minimize the inaccurate forecast <laughs> yes so actually um, i would tell you um, this would be would be a very tricky one it's a very good question but uh, I'm not for it. So, um, so planning needs again. Demand planning is kind of similar. They need to have a, their own uh, independence. Having having demand planning under sales has it's a double-edged thing. So yes, mm -hmm. if you look at it from this view, you know what they are responsible for sales. They would give the most accurate <laughs> numbers. Well, if you look at it from the other side. Well, you will not get the right number. You'll get whatever they want to achieve, or uh, your numbers get biased. So, no. so, uh, so that's that's a my 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 point of view. You no know, planning needs to be uh, away from sales to provide the right uh, governance and the right uh, uh, independence. Uh, because if you leave it to sales, it goes back to the behaviors of people. So you might find a sales team who are believers in the right number, and you might find others. So again, when you provide someone uh, something that has a bit of conflict of interest, um, it, it it doesn't help. Uh, so no, I think it, it should stay away from sales. True. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. We'll jump. We'll try to cover as many questions as we can. Our friend uh, Mina Edward is asking how S and OP rebirth for a big settled company. Uh, it reached it, its peak earlier, and while growing, it missed the automation and the new technology around. Instead of it was settled and satisfied. Uh, if if I get the question right, it's more of a company had the the S and OP doing well, and then. They lost it as, they lost as it. things evolved. As time, as time went, yeah. Yes. Automation, new me. technology. Yes. So um, actually, it's a very good question. So uh, we, I mentioned pillars of of of, of our, that that help 
this process succeed. So now one important element of this process to succeed, and usually it happens, and I've seen it happen when people change. If you don't have the proper documentation mm -hmm. and the proper uh, 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 processes that are written and and and, uh, and available and signed and available, yeah. People people change, and you lose you lose knowledge, and you lose uh, 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 the right uh, right foundation from people's number. So that's number one. So documentation is number one that would help revive or ensure things are, are, are sustainable. Uh, number two, there's something here on automation and new technology. Definitely automation and new technology would add value, but that's not a, a key. Uh, so, I mean, if, if people are now using more advanced systems, definitely it would help and make things more smooth from SNP standpoint. But this does not, even if you're using your old system, but you have the right process and the right tools and the right behaviors and the right data, um, you shouldn't fall uh, or, or things should not uh, fall apart. Um, it's all about ensuring the knowledge is there, documenting this knowledge, ensuring when people change roles or people change uh, uh, assignments, you get people with the right talent and the right capability to replace. So these would be our, my, my points in terms of making sure that uh, the process is, uh, is sustained. I like this yeah. one, especially when uh, when uh, I will add here when management changes, when some management change or uh, acquisition or something happened that make turbulence if we don't have the process well defined like said documented and all that it will get it will get lost so 100 yes. sure yes. share my voice yeah, yeah. Hey, i think that you need to drink water because <laughs> you, to, you talk that you know <laughs> so i will jump into the next question so our our friend yasin abdullah he's asking how to avoid the anticipated delays of supplying the raw material due to the current crisis of booking and shipment. I think it's more related into the so, transportation um, logistics. Yeah. Yes, 100%. But I'm not mm. happy to answer. So, so Ahmed, Ahmed touched on it at the beginning. So you need to think out of the box in terms of your supplier database. So that's number one. So how can you, how can you actually depend more on local suppliers that are actually closer to home? So that's that's number one. Number two, how can you play your inventory game in a different way? So so uh, you might need to raise a bit your inventory. Uh, mm. You might think about other options in terms of how you phase your shipments, how you phase your GIT, your goods in transit. So again, it, it it's a game of, of material planning and planning, uh, of course while taking into consideration your working capital because you're not you cannot just carry inventory and that's <laughs> it and hit your working capital so that's that's another element number three you need to think about uh, um, your logistics network in general so you might change your logistics network uh, for example you used to source from certain markets if, if there's other markets yeah. that have more pleasant shipping routes uh, that are not really affected because now the shipping lanes and routes are really affecting. Uh, Margins, uh, so yes. you might exactly. So you might have um, uh, a factory in another market that does not witness a higher cost like the other one, or mm. the lane does not uh, witness a lot of delays. So I would play within these elements. These are the elements that would really help and, and 
maybe later on we can have another session on on uh, dealing definitely. with supply chain logistics. <laughs> that's another. That's my game at the moment. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Thank you, Yahya. It's an amazing answer. We'll jump into the next question. Time is flying as usual. I cannot believe. Yeah. So, our friend Hussam Auf, he's asking. How do you see the evolution of S&OP with the current post-COVID-19 trends in e-commerce? And do you think any of the current S&OP practice uh, need to be updated to cope with the trends? Yes, very, uh, very good question. Um, so so trends after, so e-commerce is growing like there's no tomorrow. So if I talk about uh, even our, our markets in the Middle East, Africa, especially, and, and specifically in the GCC, We've we've seen tremendous growth. Uh, of course, the scale is small, so so absolute wise, it's not big, but but growth percentage wise, it is it is growing. Um, so that's that's number one. Um, I think e-commerce needs to be uh, a focus because this will continue with us, and and the behaviors of consumers are shifting. Everyone is now more uh, shifting to instance. We got you even after the the the. Um, things were opening up and, and people became out in the streets again, we got used to ordering online more. I mean, if you, if you, if I would reflect on myself, I started yes. to use online more. So it was an important opportunity. So, so this needs to, my, my view, it needs to be a channel that is really uh, part of our strategies. So if you're building a strategy within SNOP and, and you're tracking, you need to track this channel. You need to have the right drivers in terms of, uh, uh, building or growing these channels and accordingly do whatever is needed because we will be heading this way. That's the future. Uh, it, you need to deal with it as any channel within SNOP. It's nothing different. It's just the focus and the investment and uh, uh, the intention. I, I echo hear your voice because it's all about the convenience, I think, uh, digital commerce and all that. And, uh, and uh, this is the, the trend and you can even now see offers in, uh, on, on, on websites that you don't see in the stores. So uh, they are pushing it more, the big companies even are pushing more uh, the offers uh, towards uh, those channels so to, grow this, uh, to grow this channel. And of course, uh, you have, uh, still you have a lot of people uh, working uh, uh, from home, uh, working hybrid. So, I think uh, this uh, this trend is here to stay for uh, for some time. 100%. I hope, of course, uh, this uh, new news also about the uh, new uh, what's happening and the new COVID virus and all that. I hope it doesn't uh, materialize and this will grow again more and more. 100%. 100%. Yes. Yeah, I like what you said that to embed this strategy inside S and OP because many yes. organizations they don't understand the importance of e-commerce or de-commerce at the same time why because they see it, it's very small uh, channel actually if they look at it from uh, a margin point of view because if you don't have the transportation network and the capabilities in terms of transportation planning you will pay a lot for transportation that's why they try to avoid you know we have this minimum order value and they put the burden on this small channel to grow but i think strategically most organizations they understand the importance of that because it will recently cannibalize from your existing channel and this will grow so if you don't compete right now if you don't focus on this channel right now even if it's somehow negative margin for your products 
you will lose in the long term. That's why it's strategical decision. Some organization they take a decision on it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yes. Very good question, I say from Hossam. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Hossam. We'll jump into uh, the last question. I would say. Yes. <laughs> our our friend Ahmad Al Manzalawi is asking, what is the most important KPI for S and OP, which we can measure the effectiveness of the system, and that we are on the right path. I think I think I touched on that in a previous question. So we we discussed the KPIs, the few KPIs uh, that uh, it's kind of, of similar. If it's the, yes. the the number one, it would be the plan, of course, and the plan. And, but uh, but I think we can we can take another one because I think we answered this. Uh, Definitely. Thank you, one. Ahmed. Thank you, Yahya. So I think it's also mostly the same question from Hafiza Dahoud. What are the most critical factors to consider while analyzing demand planning? So critical factors while analyzing demand planning is is basically you need you need to look into I mean how 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 bias is doing how how focused accuracy so focused bias focused accuracy is doing. Uh, you need to look into how your short term is is deviating versus your plans. So if if basically your demand plans every month is out to lunch, you're not achieving and you have a big bias or a, a major drop in forecast accuracy, then you have a critical issue in demand planning. As simple as that. Uh, um, those this would be my short answer. Thank you, Yahya, again. Uh, Time, as usual, is flying. I think the engagement yeah. today was uh, to over the amazing. Yeah, yeah, to the maximum yes. level. We yes. took so and many questions and still. So still it's going on. Thanks, and on. Uh, thanks to our audience, really. Uh, and of course, yes. yeah, yeah, made uh, amazing effort in this hour. Yes, Gents, that's why uh, I asked, asked you to drink water because I know that 90% from the talks, it's, it's just you. You are just running the show. So we'd like happy. to thank you. Really, we're very happy, you. guys, to, to be with you today. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, was great. It uh, was very engaging. I, uh, on the contrary, I liked the questions. I was happy yeah. to answer and, and uh, great, uh, great session. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, you so much for, thank for you. your thank valuable so time. And again, let's let's have another session. Maybe it will be a panel, something. Let's discuss it together and have another one in the near future, inshallah. Thank you so and much. And again, we will time. try. We will try to take all the questions, of course, and answer the questions for our audience. We are uh, here for you, of course. It's uh, knowledge you will not find in books. And thank you, Ahi, again for your time. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you so thank much. You, have thank a great day. Bye thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to our Global S&OP Community Podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co We believe that one word, one story or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. Have a wonderful week ahead.